What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, episode 21. Led off today with an important announcement. I need everybody to follow us across the board on social media. I'm just going to say that. We'll go into detail during the pod. Then we went on to talk about both trades, led off with the NBA trade, Kawhi Leonard. We broke it down from every single angle possible. Then we went in on some NFL chat, uh, training camp starting up next week. Shaquan Barkley signed a massive deal. Sean uh, gave you his opinion on that one as well as I did. And then we went in finally on some MLB talk. It was also our weekend this week, so not really much to talk about, but there was a huge trade, so we went into detail on that as well as what we want to see the Yankees do and some of the rest of the teams. So thanks for listening, guys, and uh, enjoy the pod. All right, guys, we are back. Sorry to interrupt podcast. How are you, Sean? Doing well, man. I'm ready for this one. Absolutely. Me too. Um, it feels like forever. Um, but before we get started, just some uh, some housekeeping to do. Um, so we started some social media platforms, not to mention, you know, this podcast is always obviously brought to you by SorrySports.com. Look at that. That's um, good. Yeah, those are commercials for anybody out there listening that wants us to do some advertising. But um, so... Instagram, it is at sorry underscore sports. Um, some motherfucker, I guess, decided to seal sorry sports. I'm willing to pay out the nose <laughs> for that handle, by the way. Find them. At sorry sports on Twitter. Um, at sorry sports on Snapchat. And Facebook, I'm still working on. So don't even go look in there because it looks like trash right now. But yeah, everything else, follow us, follow us, follow us on social media. Um, I'll be you know, putting it up on the website as best I can. We'll be putting out tweets. It'll be the quickest and easiest way to know when we have a podcast out because I know our schedule can be kind of erratic. Also, when we're going to have an article out. I just think it'll be the easiest way to stay connected. And, you know, I... I'll be, you know, Sean and I will both be replying to the tweets and we'll be putting up some cool Instagram pics and stories. So if you ever have any questions, anybody that actually decides to listen to us every time or whatever, yeah. we'll be interactive. You know, I mean, we're not too, we're, we're one of the best podcasts in the world, but we're not too big time to, uh, absolutely not. And please, please keep subscribe, tell friends to subscribe, you yes, know, through the social absolutely. media, everything, anybody, you know, if you website. like it, if you like what you hear, how could you not? Tell everybody you know, get them on the exactly. social media, get them on the website, get them subscribing to our podcast. We're the best. And Sean wrote a really good article. Um, I'm in the midst of writing one right now. So, you know, if, if you know how to read, maybe try the website. It's just good extra content to go along with, you know, our once a week podcast for now. You know, we'll maybe hype that up during football season, but we'll be talking about we'll that. be talking about that another time. All right. Now that that shit's over with, uh, let, let's get, let's get down it. to some sports. All right. So I say we talk a little Kawhi trade first. Of course, it came out, you know, everybody rolls out of bed to 50 Bleacher Report alerts. Um, it happened at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely hilarious that Popovich was like, oh, you want to play in Los Angeles? Enjoy Toronto. Enjoy those winners. Here's a fucking coat. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it was the most Popovich of Popovich moves. And it was great. You know, Kawhi clearly didn't want to be there. Kawhi was screaming and yelling. And... You know, maybe San Antonio is not for him. Maybe he doesn't want to be in San Antonio. I've never been to San Antonio. I've heard good things. They win a lot. You'd think he'd have a reason to be there. But, <laughs> shit, man, he went to the one place he probably couldn't couldn't stand to Supposedly go to. Supposedly there was an article out that he did the All-Star game in Toronto and he didn't leave his room. 
I mean, dude, I mean, if you're playing there cool. in I the winter. I it's a really cool city, but I mean, not really for a warm weather guy. Yeah. But, if you're saying I want to play in Los Angeles, you're not going to acquiesce and say, oh, yeah, no, Toronto's fine. That that works, too. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get much polar opposite from, from each other there. So I don't think we have to worry about a Paul George part two. Um, I don't know, but uh, why, don't, why don't we break this thing down from each side so we can go, you know, let's go Spurs, Raptors, then individually we'll go Kawhi and DeRozan. So from a Spurs point of view, I don't think you could have done a better job for a trade for a team that didn't want future assets and draft picks. I really don't. I mean, you got to break it down. One, you got a backup center. Okay, you got a, you got a protected pick coming up. And you got a, he made, what, second team All-NBA? He's one of the top 10, 15 players in the NBA. He's not the caliber of Kawhi, but he's healthy. He's 29 years old, and he's gotten better every single year. I'm obviously talking about DeMar DeRozan. Of course, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big DeMar DeRozan guy. I know he hasn't showed up in the playoffs, and I think that's kind of been the black mark left on the Raptors' legacy over the last few years. You know, I mean, letting Dwayne Casey walk, is reigning coach of the year, but we didn't get the job done when it mattered. I think you know the GM there believed that that team should have been a lot more competitive. We spoke to it during the postseason that they just have that missing ingredient. If Kawhi plays, I mean Kawhi's going to have to play to 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 earn that max contract. I think. But DeRozan's a really good player. I've seen him torch my Nets over the last few years. I'm sure he's torched the Knicks and everybody else that he's played. He's he's not much of a threat from three, if at all. But he's a very efficient scorer. Well, he from also inside the three point line. He too. also he's a, he's a deadly mid range shooter. Shoots above like sixty percent from mid range. Can attack the rim. Start. He's, his assists went up every single season since he's been in the league. Gotten better every single year. Not to mention that he was a much better, much improved three-point shooter um, this past season. Also, you know, you got to keep in mind that Kawhi came into the league and, and Tony Parker and a lot of other players came into the league terrible, terrible shooters from beyond the arc. And they had that shooting doctor, whoever, in, um, in, San in, in San Antonio. And, you know, you may see you know, uh, DeMar go up above 40% from three this year. And that just makes him even more lethal. I mean, you got to look at it like this. You still got Popovich. Who's got a few more good years left in him. I bet you also have DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. So that's two top, you know, they both made all NBA second team. That's two top 10 guys. What else, and not to mention, Kawhi played nine games last year and they still won 47. Yeah, and Rudy games. Gay is back. Who's a nice complimentary Rudy piece. Too. Yep. So I, I think you. I mean, if you want to, if you want to comb up and down the roster, I really like their team. They got, um, they got the point guard out of Miami for uh, this year in the draft. Yep. Not uh, his name's deceiving me. Uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Lonnie Walker. That's right. And they got the steal the draft that we spoke to on that yes, draft recap. Not yeah. to mention they got Dejounte Murray, who's gotten better every single year. He can be an off guard, really good player as well. I like their team, and I think that I think that the Spurs just made themselves a top four seed in the in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that 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 part of the Western Conference is really really deep. Uh, you can kind of go with a lot of different teams there. I definitely like your analysis, though, of San Antonio. What they've become, they did get a bona fide, legitimate top NBA player who's, I was just going to say, in his prime. For a guy that didn't even want to play there, who was probably going to be a, a pain in the ass the entire season long, didn't want to be there, was going to bitch and moan, 
have a phantom injury again, be toxic in that locker room of veterans and people who who know what winning takes. And not that Kawhi doesn't, but when you're checked out mentally, you're not going to play that hard. You don't want to risk a big injury that could possibly set you back. It's a tough spot to be in if you're San Antonio. And, and, and props again to what I think is one of the most stable organizations in all of sports over the last 20, 25 years is they shipped him out. Okay, you don't want to be here? That's fine. But we're not going to give in to your demands to go to Los Angeles. We're not going to trade you. We're not going to get nearly the return from there. We're going to go around the landscape of the league and see who will offer us the best package for you. You don't have a no-trade clause. So, you know, the ball is in our court, and, and that's what San Antonio and Popovich did, and no love lost there. I promise you that that that's going to be a, a, a Pop very super, frigid relationship. But Pop, good. Pop was super diligent in the um, you know, and respectful in the in the interview after he's like, oh, I can't wait to coach him on Team USA. But that's what great he player, is, team guy. Of course, you know he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He might be a dick to the media, but that's funny. In the end, he's a, he's a class act and he's a good guy. So yeah, I mean. I think it's a little more interesting, and there's a lot of different ways you can go with the Raptors side. But just to wrap it up, so, you know, they, they went ahead. They got a backup center who sh- probably should have played a little bit more last year. Um, and they went and got DeRozan, who was in the prime of his career, going to get two, three good years out of pot probably before he goes ahead and retires. And they also got a uh, protected first-round pick. So, you know, you can't really knock the trade that they made um, for a guy that you would have gotten nothing for. Oh, no, absolutely not. A when top I- 10 player in the NBA, superstar for superstar trade I- is great. When um, I saw that move, I said that's probably the best they could do. Absolutely, unless you go and get a picks package and you just completely sacrifice the next few years. Um, so looking at it from the Raptors side, I think this is so much more interesting. I think they have so many options, and I think really for the Raptors, it was just. I don't think this is this is a win win deal for both sides. Honestly, I think it's a win win deal. How so for Toronto? Because I'll put it to you this way: one. You've had a combination of DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi, uh, sorry, uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry for the last, what, five, six years, and you've done nothing in the Eastern Conference. You just got swept by LeBron James, who almost lost to the Pacers in the round before, okay? So not to mention that their GM, Masai Ujiri, not only f- you know let Dwayne Casey go, he's been trying to blow that thing up since he got there two years ago, okay? So you gotta you got to look at it this way. Either he was going to blow it up and trade DeMar and probably not get a player of Kawhi's caliber. So you have Kawhi for a year. This is the perfect time for you to make a run at it in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is more wide open than it's been since LeBron was probably um, you know, a third-year player. Yeah, I was going to say NBA. circa like 2006. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Eastern Conference is more wide open. You're replacing DeMar DeRozan with, when healthy, you're replacing a top 12 player with a top three player in the NBA. Not to mention that all the guys that they re-signed are going to improve. Maybe Kyle Lowry. Um, this opens up a new, you know, a new game for him with Kawhi being there. He's a little more motivated. Um, and you could also possibly keep DeRozan. I think you have even less of a chance of keeping him than Oklahoma City did, but with PG. But you know what? They did, regardless. Um, but the point of this is, you could go one of two ways. Even if this doesn't work out and Kawhi walks. You pretty much blew up your team, which is exactly what you wanted to do anyways. If you don't win the finals this year or go to the finals this year, then you know what? You didn't want Kawhi on your team anyways, and you did a rebuild regardless. You got off of a four-year, $100-plus million deal on DeMar DeRozan, which is what, you, which is what Masai Ujiri, their GM, has wanted to do since he started. 
Well, yeah, and that, and I'll go another layer. What if Leonard doesn't play? What if he actually? What if he has an injury, right? And doesn't play, or let's say the rest of the supporting cast is pretty well, awful. Then they could then they can flip him at the deadline. Yes, exactly. Especially That's knowing that they want to let him go. That was the thing that I thought because he may be more valuable at the deadline because the Lakers may say, "Hey, we're a four seed right now. Let's go out and get Kawhi." Well, That's what I'm thinking. Exactly. And, and or they the might, Sixers. Yep, and they might overpay, and that will allow that rebuild or retool that you kind of just spoke to hypothetically coming next summer that might expedite the process and they might get a better return at that point in time so i think there's a lot that could go on here yeah i'm very interested to see i saw some reports and i heard some things some whispers from reporters saying he doesn't want to play there he doesn't want a part of it but you know what he doesn't have an option because if you go two straight years basically not playing play nine games in two years or whatever exactly you know that's why you're not getting you're not getting a max player Exactly. So, or a max so, deal, rather. So it, it basically, Ujiri basically forced his hand. He said, "Listen, you don't want to play in Toronto. You want to fake an injury, or maybe not even fake, but you know what I mean. You want to, you want to massage an injury and really spread it out." Okay. Well, you haven't played in the last two years. Good luck getting a contract from even the Lakers, who are a much better run than they were a few years ago when they signed Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov to horrible deals. Oh. Um, you know, it's like good luck going get going out and get a max on a guy who ha- who's only played nine games in the last two years. Um, so you know, there, there's basically a, you know a bunch of ways you can go. You could either say, "All right, thanks for your service, Kawhi." Um, you know, you don't want to resign with us. Fine, we're gonna rebuild anyways. The Eastern Conference isn't ours right now. Um, we'll trade Kawhi, Kyle Lowry's contract as soon as we possibly can, or. Maybe you do the Paul George route and you re-sign him and you guys are a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference for the next few years. Or you force his hand, he plays decently, he still doesn't want to be there, you flip him at the deadline for a few picks. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a great, great deal for them no matter what direction it goes. Agreed. And the reason I asked you how so is I really wanted to see all the different levels you were going to take because I really did think there were a lot. and. I did not think in a million years of all the speculation of possible destinations he could go because I think we were in agreement he was going to get moved this summer. The tensions were too high, oh, he and wasn't it was too play. and it was too volatile. Lakers, Dark Horse, Celtics, yeah. yep, Philly, um, Philly. You know, I I, I actually read. A, I guess I don't even remember what website it was to so give it credit. There was a report that he's already trying to make a super team for the Brooklyn Nets. I keep it in your pants. Relax. Do I have to? No, it's kind of exciting. I don't want to get you too excited. Well, no, no, no. And I saw the same thing too. And I'll believe people voluntarily will make a super team with the Brooklyn Nets when I see it. But, but I mean, he had the reason why that uh, why that report was out there is because all the guys that drafted him in San Antonio and all the people he loved in San Antonio. Um, are basically with the Nets now. They've got Sean Marks running, who who was an integral part of his drafting, um, is now running the show for the Nets and has been for the last few years. Jacques Vaughn is uh, an assistant coach on Kenny Atkinson's bench, and uh, Tiago Splitter is a head scout. And Splitter and I guess Kawhi were good friends when Splitter was a backup center in uh, San Antonio on those championship teams. So yeah, I mean. I, once again, I think if you have to make a destination, he's been adamant about Los Angeles. Yep. Brooklyn is cool. I I would love to see it because it would actually be an actual super team. I'm sure he would recruit Jimmy Butler and other people in their prime to build around. And now those complimentary or those nice young players I've been talking about would become complimentary pieces. 
I have my doubts, you know, like it's, I feel like once you want to go to Los Angeles, you're going to go to Los Angeles. Um, but if you have like a Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard thing going on in Brooklyn, I mean, remember they're going to have room for two max players and they will not lock up or even engage in talks with D'Angelo Russell about an extension yet. So I don't know. I'm sure they want to keep all options open. I'm not going to bank on it, but it was cool to see when I first saw it, I was like, all right, is this Nets daily? Is like this NetsFanboy.com that's yeah. posting this? And it's like, <laughs> no, it was a reputable source for sure. And and you know, there's there's correlations there, and there's reasons behind it. But I still believe that if there's going to be a super team built in New York, it's going to be with your Knicks because yeah. they're the marquee attraction and always will be. But but hey, I certainly uh, I certainly would love it. Yeah. Um. So I mean. From a from a Demar Derozan perspective, just to go player by player, I mean we don't have to break down the you know Danny Green or the backup center that I can't even pronounce his name or the pick. But yeah, let's save our listeners for that. <laughs> yeah, um, Demar Derozan, I think you know as annoyed as he was with the oh they promised me or whatever. Listen, it's a players league at this point. It, it really gets to me. Isaiah Thomas got done dirty last year, but in the end. It's a business. Get over it. You could have left when your contract was over, just like Durant did, just like LeBron did, and they're gonna trade you. You're an asset. You know what? You shouldn't. And you should. Players be, can demand trades, like Kawhi did on the other side. Not and, to mention, and hold out, yeah, and not play. Absolutely, and, and not to mention, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Like you know. So when it comes to that, I, I know he he put out a nice Instagram post thanking Toronto and this, that, and the third. But you don't have to go dragging people through the mud. Ujiri wanted to trade you from the second he got there. Yeah. I mean, analytically, DeMar DeRozan is one of the worst players to have as a superstar. He doesn't shoot three-pointers well, doesn't play defense very well, and isn't a playmaker. But like I said, he's been improving across the board in all of those, and he's still probably in San Antonio this year going to average 25 points, 6 assists, 8 re- seven he's rebounds. He's a perfect player for that for a Popovich run Absolutely. team. Absolutely. Yeah. He really is. And he's going to a shot doctor, whatever I forgot his name is really going to help him improve and I think he's going to have some of his best years in San Antonio. Listen, I I don't understand why people like from both sides. You got Kawhi desperately trying to leave and then you have DeRozan upset he's going there. I'm sorry, what have I missed? San Antonio has been the marquee franchise, with the exception most lately of the Warriors, in the last 20 years in the NBA. They All they've done is win. They've been a playoff team every single year. They maximize everything they can from the role players to their superstars to their aging stars. There's they got the first ballot Hall of Fame coach, and I know he's you know a pain in the ass at times, and, and the media doesn't like him, and he doesn't like the media, and whatever, and he's rough on his players. But you know what? How do you not want to go there or stay there? I don't understand. And Toronto, maybe you fell in love with Toronto for as much as Kawhi didn't want to leave his hotel room. Demar probably ran that city. But you know what? It's Toronto. The Raptors haven't done anything in their time. And they The Raptors had, had their best season ever last they year. They have had their window open so much to take advantage of vulnerable Cleveland teams. And I know LeBron's the best player in the world. And I know he's gonna will teams to win. But if you get swept uh, what did I? The word I used was gutless when we talked about that series, giving yeah, up in you game were four. Upset. I, because you know what? How often can you? Are you? Are you going to continue to blow your chance? And and all year I have to hear about how you're either best team in the East or you're the you're gonna you're the deepest team roster wise, and you're gonna no no you're not. 
And they haven't been that that dynamic, which is why the GM wanted to get blow it up of Lowry and DeRozan didn't click. And moves such as Serge Ibaka has not paid off. Valanchunas has been up and down. His talent is across the board good, but he's not consistent. And that team just doesn't have the factor. And they're going to say, listen, like you said, let's gamble on a top three player when healthy in the league and hope he wants to stay. And if he doesn't, fine. But DeMar DeRozan for desperately you know, crying about leaving Toronto to go to San Antonio. It's not like they shipped you off to Sacramento. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you're, on. yeah, you're in a winning situation. You're with one of the best teams in the world. And if I were to give you a prediction, he has you know two or three of his better years in San Antonio. And they're going to be a and constant contender. Like, yeah. are, are they going to beat Golden State? No, they're probably not even going to beat Houston. But they're going to be relevant. Toronto is a team that is going to we're going to have to see it again. They're going to be a top four seed in the East, and they're going to get bulldozed by a Boston. Or uh, well, we, we'll Philly. see. I mean, you got a Kawhi Leonard now. No, no, I was saying with DeRozan. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it, it was the same thing every year. Those two just did not play well together in the playoffs. Uh, moving on to Kawhi. I mean, listen, we, we pretty much laid it all out there. He's got to play this year, which I think was the smartest move by Ujiri. Was it's like you really forcing his hand now. Got to play this year, and he's got to have a great year. I mean, he could either re-sign and be a legend in Toronto, or he could go somewhere else. I mean, the guy—if you bring Toronto, uh, Canada championship—I mean, seriously, like the best they've ever played was last season, and they got swept by a, not even a very good Cavs team. It was a bad Eastern. Yeah, Conference I mean, it, bringing bringing Canada a championship and Toronto a championship wouldn't be the same as bringing like a Knicks a championship. You know, the Toronto Raptors are not a marquee team in the NBA they've had periods where they've been a very good team like the Chris Bosh years they were solid and then now with DeRozan and Lowry the last few years but they're not a destination where you know you're gonna say oh my god I feel great you know I have to stay because Toronto rallied around this team I think they're gonna say listen that was a fun ride but if I can go win Los Angeles a championship which I think you and I are in agreement that they're not gonna do this year you know that would probably that would be much more appealing bringing the lakers no matter even though they've had a, a hundred that's still the lakers it's like bringing the yankees a world series it's you know it's it's well yeah but i mean the cowboys a super bowl we're going to have to wait and see i think he's going to have a really good year because he has to he yeah no i choice. agree with you he made a bit, huge mistake last year but I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just messed up now mentally. He actually thinks he's injured. He finally got a doctor to agree with him. But well, the way the, we'll see. Yeah, with well, the way the money gets thrown around and, and, and players get constant opportunities, you know, even if he doesn't, even if he has a down year or an injury plagued year, if he says, listen, I just really want to be in LA, I'm sure the Lakers will find a way to bring, give him as much money as he wants so he can be there, even if he doesn't probably deserve it. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Like I said, if he does the same shit he did last year, I don't, I don't see it happening unless he takes a massive pay cut. I mean, they're really forcing his hand, and I, I think he has a great year. I think it. I think that. I think if anybody won this trade, it was Demar Derozan. But you know, he's just not looking at it did, that way. Yeah, I mean, if you can maximize, I think both teams won this trade. I think it worked out well for both. But I think player for player, I think Demar got you know, exactly what he needed. Um, and I think he's definitely going to get better. Um, yeah. And if you can maximize Kawhi Leonard, if you're Toronto now in this more open Eastern conference, you're going against Boston and Philly. You're I think right both there. Teams end up as a top five seed when you look at it in the end for both conferences. Yeah. I mean, definitely I Toronto, yeah. I, definitely Toronto, 
San Antonio could just be. I mean, it's hard to go against what Popovich is as a coach and yeah, now I mean, that team. And and the Western Conference is very good, but it's also like it's really top heavy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy because even the bottom part of the the Western Conference is still better than like the mid tier teams. I mean, it's Philly, Boston. Philly, Boston, Toronto, maybe Milwaukee, and then nothing. It just falls off. Yeah, the cliff. Indiana. You know, for what they did. Okay, but may, no, I'm saying though, it's like I'll play along. Yeah, I'll play <laughs> along. But yeah, I mean, because you you got, I think your top three seeds are probably going to be, you know, obviously Golden State, Houston. Probably I think Houston. can do it again, and then who know? I don't know how great, how good are the Lakers going to be. Um, Hey, they just got know. Michael Beasley, man. Now they're now they're a super True. team. Him and Lance, <laughs> yeah, that team is going to be. Those are some interesting moves they've made, isn't it? Yeah, and some very interesting signings for guys. Yeah, LeBron's pushing some buttons. I don't want to say the right <laughs> ones. Yeah, but pushing I, something. Jerry's out on um, that. Yeah. So moving on from that, a little NBA news. I think Melo's going to sign with the Rockets. Yeah. Um, I mean, who we all saw that coming. But I'll yeah. be very Rockets interested. Rockets Lakers. I don't think LeBron wanted to put up with that drama. No. Chris Paul is more willing to do it because he's desperate for a championship. Hey, if he can come off the bench, I don't know if he will come off the bench, but if he can do something like that and average 18 a game, 16, 18 a game, maybe even win six man of the year, could you imagine that? I think they would be a really, really dynamic team. I, I mean, they lost. You know, keep in mind – I don't know how big of a deal this is. I think it's a bigger deal that they lost Bahamute than Trevor Ariza because he was just basically a much, much younger version of Trevor Ariza. But, I, I mean, I'm interested to see what Maury does when it comes to filling in those positions of the 3 and D type guys because Melo is he's definitely not, not a 3 and D type guy. <laughs> no, he's not. Might be a 3 guy, but he's never really played much defense, even I, in his prime. I wonder if there's enough if there's enough shots in the game, I mean, you're probably, if I was just the GM, I would probably think, Hey, you know, I've got to get mellow as much t- playing time when, when Harden's not on the court as possible, because that's a lot of ball dominant, you know, well, yeah, Chris Paul likes to get, you know, he likes to pound the rock, but he, he can get it moving too, especially when Mello's his guy, get him involved. I think that's, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of Chris Paul and mellow on the floor together because you're, you're basically, and the term is so overused, but you're going to look for Olympic mellow where it's like, dude, if you take one dribble in a game, that's plenty. We just want you pulling up. Yep. The second you catch, it's catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Because in that motion offense, he's going to be open. Well, I hope what he learned, you know, if anything, from his time in Oklahoma City, albeit short-lived, is that, you know, you're going to have to play. If you're going to win, you're going to have to play with some other ball-dominant superstars and you're going to have to take a diminished role and understand who you are as a player. Well, if you didn't learn it after being having by far his worst season ever and just being being bought out to being sold to the point where Atlanta basically paid him not to be on the team. Yeah. That's humbling. And hopefully he learns from that. And I, you know, I'm, I still like Melo. I mean, he was on the Knicks forever. Um, yeah. You criticized more the front office for giving up the young team to go yeah, get him knowing he was probably going to sign. I wanted Melo. I just didn't want to give up Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, Felton, who was playing well. And, and, and I think I believe a pick as well. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I think that he could have a decent – as long as he's willing to change his role around, I think he could have a decent job. But you also have to keep in mind, Oklahoma City, I think, is going to be better with Roberson coming back. Yep. I think I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, and, no, and I do too. You give, That's if you another give, team uh, in the West. <laughs> if you give Grant the minutes that you gave Mello, who's a much more defensive guy, um, and he's a decent shooter as well, I, I think that team's going to be really long, really athletic, and a very – well, I think it's going to be one of the best defensive efficiency rating teams in the league. That's another really good Western Conference team. I mean, obviously you, you got, got Denver. Your, yeah, and you got Utah. Utah. Don't forget Utah's, about Utah. Oh, no, not at all. And Utah's really good, and I think we're in agreement that Dallas might make a little bit of a move this year. I could see Dallas as a 9, 8, 9, yeah. 10, 9, 8. In that that's, realm, but they're going to be it. at least competitive. They tanked last year. You know, they were they were non-competitive. Yeah, no, so. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be competitive. They just re-upped Dirk as well. So yeah, yeah, and, no, which makes sense. Fun. You got to keep Dirk on that. I team. think they're going to be more of a fun team this year than anything interesting. Um, Denver, you know, they signed Isaiah Thomas. I don't know what that means. I think he's going to play well there. I think that's a good destination for him. You bring him off the bench, he can catch fire. He can still shoot and score. He's a defensive atrocity out there. But he's going to have to be like the Isaiah Thomas of Sacramento, where he came off the bench, showed a little something, then played a little more for Phoenix. And I don't think anybody Boston went and stole him. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to mistake what he his value could have been last year after that insane season in Boston. I think everybody acknowledges that he's probably a starter on a bad team and a really good sixth man or, or seventh man on a, on a good team. Denver is that, uh, you know, uh, their Porter is out for the year. <laughs> so, you know, another good move by the Knicks, not taking another reason why it was a good move by the Knicks, not taking him. Yeah, um, we've discussed so I think that he can, nauseam, Yeah. So. so I think he can score off the bench, but that's it. I mean, the, the West is loaded, man. I mean, San Antonio, they're all good. The Lakers are not going to go away as long as LeBron James is there. You know, it's a weird cast of characters that he's assembled or Magic's assembled or both of them have assembled. But they have talent. Um, they can always add to. Yeah, people, you know what's funny? People are, people are bitching about, you know, oh, LeBron got all these guys. Those guys aren't even going to play that much. You got to keep in mind they got Kyle Kuzma who had a good rookie year, Lonzo Ball who had a good rookie year, and I think he's going to come back even better. I think his jump shot's going to be much improved. Your future Nick point guard? Yes. Um, Josh Hart who just won MVP in the summer league, he's looking a lot better. I went over all the skills that he developed, and the gem of them all who's Brandon Ingram who can play point, he can play two, he can play three, even four if you need him. He's slender, he's skinny, but so is Kevin Durant. He's the second best player in the league. I think I think that that's going to be a really interesting lineup. Those four guys in yeah, LeBron. Be- out and, there. and if Beasley does anything like he did, I, I made a joke about it because it's Michael Beasley. I mean, the but guy can score. The guy can score. Yeah. So if you if you some need some if you need some points off the bench, he can fill it up quick. And then if you look at Lance Stevenson, I mean, listen, I am not comparing Lance Stevenson to LeBron at all whatsoever. But he's a guy in the second unit that can kind of emulate what LeBron does. I mean, he's going to lead the defense because he is a tenacious defensive player when he wants to be, and he's he can he can. You know, defend, and he can also play make. He's a good passer, and he's a good playmaker. Yeah, no, when no. he's not doing stupid, boneheaded, crazy things, he can run the second team offense. Yeah, and another good, you know, playmaker and ball handler is Rajon Rondo, who's there now. So, of course, yeah. So that was a good signing for them. I, 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 I think that he acknowledges that that's probably a team that he could succeed in, or succeed with rather. So. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk so much NBA starting in just three months. It's it's insane. But, yeah, I mean, I think this season for 
for obviously we've spoken about our fandoms and and our teams and what we're looking for out of them and i think we can get both of those but just even like i'm not a huge i have not been a huge nba fan in the last few years partially because my team's been so atrocious but also it's kind of been a foregone conclusion and i don't love the fact that it's the only sport that does that but i will give the nba credit where it's due they're an all-season league they've got a lot of drama they got a lot of storylines they know how to produce you know, constant entertainment, whether, I mean, that's point to the off season is much more entertaining than the season. Yeah. This year and last year with the Kawhi thing and the Kyrie last yeah, year. And, so. and three years ago or two years ago with Durant going out to golden state. I mean, I know there were rumors, but nobody thought that he was, I, I think at that time, like, no way he's the best players. Second best player is not going to go to the best team. Is he? And yeah, and of course yeah. he did. So absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. Training camp's right around the corner. We got the NFL coming up. This is the last week of, you know, the year without football. Yeah, the training camp's open this week. I'm so. excited about that. I, I don't really see any big news coming out. Do you see anything? Couple. I mean, I did see the Shaquan Barkley deal. Um fully guaranteed. It looks like a trend starting to come up. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to they're this just continues to buy into the to the reason why they picked him, right? They believe he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. You give him four years fully guaranteed. Four years for a running back is about you know where you're going to maximize his full impact. So you sign him now before he plays a game. That's the now. thing. The other piece of news that kind of correlates to that uh, was um, Le'Veon Bell not meeting the deadline, so he will be franchised again, playing for this one year deal. And he kind of he basically said this is his last year in Pittsburgh, which and this is again just speaks to my running back point you know uh, the way i feel about this is pittsburgh's either got to go to the championship game or he's not going to resign but there's a reason again though like this is what the third straight year they franchised him i mean you you don't you do they not give long-term go. deals to running backs after they've been in the league for three or four years it's it's hard to do i mean i want to say he's an anomaly but has there really been DeMarco Murray just retired two weeks ago DeMarco Murray went from he is the prototypical running back you know pro bowler all all world running back best running back in the league I think he gets picked up I assume he's gonna get hurt in training camp and he'll resign I don't know I don't know I mean the way he made it sound like he, he wanted no part of it because he doesn't think he can do it anymore and and that's the thing I mean he's he's 29 years old and he's only been in the league for seven years, and he's been a full-time player for about five and a half. Yeah, so, not to mention those Chip Kelly years where he barely where he barely the played. So it, it's again, you know, I I hate to do it because I love the kid, and I think Barkley is going to be awesome, and I will be fanboying like crazy, rooting for him this fall. And, oh yeah, and, you love that, pick. and hoping he's great. No, I hope he's great. I think he's going to be great. We've talked about that, but yep. it's a running back, man. It's a running back, and the shelf life is so short. And and Le'Veon Bell is a testament to that i mean he's been the most well-rounded running back in the league because of what he can do offensively in the pass block game and of course running the ball with his patience uh, and behind not a great offensive line but the Steelers just will not commit to him they didn't three years ago they didn't two years ago they didn't this year so it's like you know it's just another one of those things where Barkley's going to be a really good player and after five or six years, he's going to be gone or he's going to drop off considerably and he's not going to get a big deal. And, and that's going to be his Giants tenure. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of, that's just kind of what caught my eye because it's two running back stories at different points in their careers but with contract-wise. But I think they're going to have the end result be the same, which is the case for most. 
Yeah, um, I mean, aside from that, I really didn't see uh, anything else except Terrell Pryor making some sweet one-handed catches at <laughs> training camp. At Jets camp. Um, How's Darnold look? I don't know. I, I haven't seen a single video. I hate of him in that yet. ugly green. Yeah, right. Stop <laughs> it. Um, but moving on, you know, we got another big trade. Uh, this one in the MLB. Uh, Machado went to the Dodgers. Um, I, I, I have to say this. This is coming from a Yankees fan perspective. I really, really wish he went to Milwaukee. Yes. Milwaukee would have been almost a guaranteed rental, like 99.9%. L.A., no. I think it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I'm still hearing. I'm still, if you were to, you know, place a bet, I, I would still think Philly is his best option, but... Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are a team that's going to entice him because they're going to have the money that can sign him. If he wants $400 million for 10 years, they'll do and it. And I think they'd have no problem taking, I mean, although he was the best shortstop in the NL um, by all you know analytical statistics, uh, war, wins above replacement, all that stuff in Corey Seager, I think they have no problem sticking him in center field, putting you know Puig back in right, and and sticking Machado. Yeah, at I think an, I think another thing they could look to do is trade uh, Justin Turner. I think Justin Turner has had had a really nice Dodgers career. He's been hurt all year. He just was placed on the disabled list again today um, or yesterday. So you know perhaps that you ask C- you you ask Seager to move to third and you have Machado at short and and you find a, a they got taker a nice... for Turner Turner would get some value even if he's coming off an injury play season there's he's a very good third baseman with pop i'm sure teams would take him i mean listen they have a nice team i mean the pitchers are always hurt always hurt between Rich Hill, who could stub his toe tomorrow and be out for the year. Yeah, Ryu Kershaw is with that hurt. back. Ryu, Maeda, all those guys are always hurt, but they have a nice rotation when healthy. They have, you know, Bellinger, who's a stud. He was a young stud, very, yep. very good player. They got Taylor, who can play all over the infield and the outfield, and he's a starter. I mean, And dude, Matt Kemp has turned facts. back the clock to 2011. Kemp's, Kemp's playing great. Puig's quite the wild card. Um, you got Seager coming back next year. Not to mention, you know, they got Grindall um, behind behind the plate. He's probably a top ten. Max Muncy was an all star. Came out of nowhere this year behind the plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know you got um, Kike Hernandez, who's just the ultimate, probably the best utility guy in baseball nowadays. Yeah, and Jock Peterson, who had a really big postseason last yeah, year. I think they need to do some some liquidation of all those assets and try and rebuild that. And farm they system. might, and maybe you can entice a team with a Turner to take one of those guys too. I mean, obviously we're speculating, but I mean, if we're going to talk about a realistic possibility of Manny Machado staying and, and signing long-term with the Dodgers, I, I think that there is a considerable chance, just as you spoke to if Milwaukee, we wouldn't be feeling this way. Absolutely. But you know, he didn't get traded to Milwaukee. He is a Los Angeles Dodger. He's played a few games and hit some absolute lasers and made some really good plays in the field, as he did in Baltimore, but nobody really paid attention. He's going to be a huge pickup for them. He's gonna, yeah, he, I, he is just going to have a, a point where he probably carries that team. He's been carrying the slack in Baltimore, having an unreal first half on a team that he's really pitched around because guys are, are having down years. I mean, what he's going to do in that lineup as he's already done in a short span, sample size. He, he's a he's a he's a great player. He's a top five player. He's might even at his best. He might even he's probably better than Harper. If you were, I was about to jump across this table. If you were going to say better than Trout, I was going to fight you. He's not better than Trout. Thank you, thank God. But yeah, he is better than Harper. I mean, he hits better for average. He's a better fielder. But you got to relax with Trout. Everybody knows he's great. <laughs> 
unbelievable. He's Every, the greatest player of everybody all time. Knows. Anybody, anybody who doesn't know how great Mike Trout is statistically doesn't the greatest player of all time. Need to, needs to turn away and not watch baseball exactly. and talk baseball. So don't again. tell me to relax. All right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's actually break down the trade. I think you know. I think it definitely makes the Dodgers a top, what two team in I the think NL? They're, I think they're, they're the, the best, the, the team to beat in the West for sure now. Unless Arizona does something, uh, I still like Arizona's pitching better. But I think they've usurped Colorado, and I and the way that they're playing, they they're if if I'll tell you this, if Matt Kemp plays like this, like he has been the whole first half and into the second, along with Machado and Bellinger. Yeah, that team, they might not need great pitching because they will slug their way to a lot of wins. Yeah, I mean, pitching wins in the playoffs, so it'll get real interesting when that comes around. But, but the other if they can get those guys healthy, I mean, they're going to be Who else in the forced. NL are you going to look at? I mean, the Cubs. Cubs uh, are going to turn it around, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, that World Series pick. They they, they have they have the... They're, they're, they're leading the... The NL, the NL Central right now. Yeah, so, Milwaukee I mean, just lost their uh, one of their starting pitchers, Suter, to um, Tommy John, and that that hurts because he's been having a good year. So they're gonna have to look now to do something. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll over overpay for a pitcher now. Yeah, they don't I, have a choice. No, and, and even if they don't overpay for a pitcher, they're gonna get one or two. There's some bargain guys out there, and they still have a really good farm system, especially since they didn't utilize any of those assets for in a Machado deal. So, um. Well, yeah, to speak about that trade, Tom, were you surprised that it was the Dodgers? Or did you, when you saw it, you're like, eh, yeah. Because it was it was the next, it I was, was the I morning was after surprised. we recorded. I was not surprised. I would have been a thousand times more shocked had the Yankees pulled the trigger on that. I, I would have been happy, but I would have been just floored had the Yankees made that deal. Agreed. Uh, but I, I tell you what, this Cashman, he's not going to do it for rentals because there's no guarantee that he's that Machado would stay and and it looks like all reports are that he is he has a list of guys that he will not move for either a rental or anybody that's not Jacob deGrom um the or pod, the pod, Jacob deGrom or Carlos Martinez or Carlos Martinez yeah i mean i still don't think that he would have to trade uh, and Duhar in a Carlos Martinez trade, but uh, dude, the guy Jacob Degrom's thirty, Carlos Martinez is only twenty six on a much more team. Yeah, but they're deal. looking. They're looking for pitching. They they are looking for. They're pitching. also throwing a so, lot less innings than him. Not to mention they haven't gotten nearly as deep in the playoffs as him. Listen, how many miles did Justin Verlander have on his arm? He's a fucking anomaly. Okay, He's like well, Nolan Ryan. Well, Bum, no, Bumgarner could could provide that. Could? I don't I it, don't deal in coulds. It, okay, he, I don't deal in well, coulds. You certainly have to because that sure as hell is what the Astros did last year. Listen, it, it's not happening, so we don't even have to get into it. But though, yeah, those are two guys that I would do it for. I love Sheffield. I, I would tell you one thing: even if they get a Hap or or a Hamels, is the two guys that we've always spoken about. Not for Sheffield. Sheffield. No, no, no. Don't Sheffield will be up. Sheffield yeah, will yeah, be up e- even if they get one of those two guys. I didn't realize that Hap was having a halfway decent year. I, I was watching the All Star game on. You know, I, I I skipped through it. I recorded it, and he he was in the All Star game. I didn't even realize he had that decent of a year. Yeah, he's he's been a really good pitcher. I mean, he hasn't given them a lot of because his strikeout numbers are way up this year. So he's been going going five or six. Now here's something funny because we because I mean we can't get through a show without it. You see the rumors about Sonny Gray. There's rumors that other teams are scouting him and they believe the Yankees would move him to a smaller market. Hey, St. Louis, here you go. I will walk <laughs> to wherever he lives right now and pack his bags for him. <laughs> here you go. 
Absolutely. If he, they throw him into a Carlos Martinez deal, it, I mean, listen, he couldn't be the centerpiece. He just couldn't. No, 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 no. But he would be. He might be one of those young pitchers that goes back. See you later. Yeah, absolutely. And no, could, that's, I, that's and you exciting. know what? He'd go to a team like St. Louis and, and he would pitch dominate. out of his mind. Yep. Of course he would. And he would be so angry. Yep. Of you know what? Whatever. If we could get rid of him for a Carlos Martinez, who. I mean, him I think that and, now that he might make the Mets interesting because pitching it with the Mets is like a small market team. So. True, absolutely. But I mean, him and him and Degrom, him and Degrom, they would be it would be like Severino one A or and then or Martinez and Degrom B. I think I think Degrom's a little bit better than Severino right now, and I well, think he's more established too. And I think yeah. Martinez is a little bit behind him. Yeah, a little bit behind Severino. And I think that Martinez, the Martinez is one of those guys that Rothschild could probably harness some of his stuff. He the times in which he's struggled is because he you know he's very wild. He he reminds me of a younger AJ Burnett. Like he, because he does struggle throwing the ball over the plate at times, and he has those starts yeah. where you wonder what the hell just happened. He but. throws a hundred plus. Oh yeah, he's no, like he's Severino with his stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, Degrom's touching ninety-eight I'm, too. I, so, I mean, so the funny thing with Degrom is the more I've, I've been reading about the Mets and just the disaster of a weekend that they had with everything. It's like they seem like they're at least willing to listen. I mean, I I, know I saw a Bleacher Report article today that it is going to cost a small fortune. Well, of course it is. I He's, mean, that's fine by me. One of the me. best pitchers in the game, but you know, if you're the Mets, like, what, why, why would you not even entertain it? Now, if it's not if a team if you don't trade him because no team met your demands, then fine. Then you did what any competent GM would do and say, no, you're not offering enough for him, and that's fine. But if the Yankees approach you with a Miguel Andujar, a Sonny Gray, a Clint Frazier. <laughs> Slip that in there. Yeah, right. And then a Justice Sheffield. Are you really not going to do that? I yeah. mean, really. You're getting you're getting the top pitcher prospect in the system, one of the best in baseball. You're getting a guy who maybe he can't pitch for the Yankees, but he you know, he's got the stuff to pitch anywhere else. You at least get a major league starter back. And then you get Frazier and Andujar, and it's like that would cost a lot, and I'm sure Cashman wouldn't do it simply because of Andujar, maybe Drury instead. But that's still an upgrade from anybody that they. I went to the game Friday night. I mean, the Mets did everything they could to lose that game, and and somehow they still won. But I mean, dropping pop ups, guys running into each other, uh, horrible, horrible plays on the base paths. It's ridiculous, and then to have a situation where your player, your your best player, comes off the DL, hits a home run, then says in the post game, "Oh, I have an injury to both my heels that would cost eight to ten months, but I'm going to continue to try to play." And then the next day, Mickey Callaway, the manager, is asked about it, and he says he doesn't know about the comments. I mean, it's like, what in God's name are you doing? Like, yeah, it, it's, but that might be a reason why they don't trade him. Because from a Mets perspective, you got three guys running the team with a GM. And look how passionate I am. I'm not a Met fan, but it's like, this is for baseball. This is atrocious what they're doing here. Yeah. Like, they need to blow it up They might need to have Manfred again. come in there and say, listen, we need to do something because you have three well, GMs. They had done know. that recently. That's the whole reason why Alderson got there. was there in the first place, and he's doing a terrible job. But just to wrap up the Machado thing before yeah. we get to the end, I think it makes the Dodgers the perennial favorite in the NL. Um, 
and I think they could be, you know, possibly a World Series team this year. I hope that the Cubbies make it just because I picked them at the beginning and I have a little bit of capital riding on that. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. Aside from that, I, I think, you know, it makes them a perennial first-place team. I'm a little disappointed because I was hoping that he was a rental somewhere else. I think they have a really good chance at re-signing him. But if so, I'd be happy with Miguel Andahar at third base. I mean, yeah. How could you not be? He's been he's been awesome. He's he's he, if it wasn't for his teammate who plays at second base, he'd be the front runner for rookie of the year. Absolutely. But you know, back to our talk. Yeah, the Mets are the Mets are just terrible. I mean, listen, a competent organization right now would trade Wheeler for what you can get, trade Mats for what you can get, maybe hold on to Syndergaard who just went back on the DL again, hand, foot, and mouth disease. I'm not kidding. That's what he's on the DL for, from volunteering at a children's camp. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's not good, but Hand, I definitely... Hand, foot, and mouth disease could... If you named one team, where did you? who do you think would come from that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's either the... Bra- if you had just said any organization, I would have said Cleveland Browns, number two, <laughs> the New York Mets. But, I mean, thank you for volunteering. I appreciate that. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I mean, you got to... You gotta, like I said, liquidate your assets. You got hold on to Nimmo. Conforto's starting to heat up. Obviously, Rosario. Everybody else is for sale. Yeah, I mean, but just to kind of combat you on the Wheeler part, that's the Mets, though. They're trying to sell the one guy that nobody well, else wants. I just wants. said sell everyone. Oh, yeah, no, that's I know. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, I like, completely agree with you. Start with Wheeler's going to get you. Wheeler's going to get you two double-A prospects. That's what he's going to get. Yeah, well, on your team right now, he's just getting you, you know, four good innings. Yeah, but so that's the thing. Well. is like teams are calling. They're saying, say, I want DeGrom. Okay, he's not available. Okay, we want Syndergaard. Okay, he's not available. He's got Mats. Okay, well, Mats is cost this much. Okay, fine. We'll take Wheeler. Okay, good. Here, yeah, he's the one guy I would trade. Like, you you have to make decisions as a competent organization. That's and, weird you just said that about the Mats. I'm going to cut it, you it, off right there because it's not going to happen. It's and, not. And what's going to happen is another trade deadline is going to go by. We're not even Mets fans, and we're just going to end up being because frustrated you know by the is? situation. It's a baseball It's going to be 10 problem. more years of something bad happening, and then the Mets are eventually going to have to be bought out by by someone else. They're going to be forced to sell the team. Here's what happened this week. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, who I do like, and I think he's done a good job trying to progress the game, make it speed it up a little bit, make pace of play a little bit better, make it a little more bearable for even our di- us diehard fans who have to sometimes watch guys take two minutes to throw a baseball. But... You know, come after Mike Trout saying, okay, like, we wish you were more marketable because, this, we, you know, like, you're not out there. And then in the same week. I think no, he's I don't very either. marketable. He's in all the Subway commercials. He's got his own cleat from Nike. Yeah. Not to mention he's got over a million followers on Instagram. And, you know, they were doing cool spots with him during the All-Star game talking about whatever, weather or some other shit I don't care about. Right. But you know what? He's on the camera. He's got he's a nice there. smile. Yeah. He's a Philadelphia Eagles season ticket holder. I know all this shit about him, and I'm not even an Angels fan. Right. I know I'm a Trout fanboy. But, like... It's not his fault. It's not anyone in major. It's not Adam Jones's fault, who's very prevalent. It's not. It's not even Aaron Judge's fault. It's not anyone's. It's Major League Baseball's fault as a whole. They don't do a good enough job marketing themselves. And I don't even know. And they don't stir up drama like the NBA does. It's just not that type of sport. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. It's more of a regionalized sport. You watch your local teams. I'm not trying to watch 162 times what 30. Yeah, and the other year? the other thing too is is you know in the in the NBA, which is what Manfred wanted to kind of compare it to. 
Well, the NBA, if you go to an NBA game, if you go to a, now a Laker game, you're going to see the best player hold the, have the ball basically every possession for 40 of the yeah. 48 minutes. In, in Major League Baseball, oh, good, the Angels are playing on Sunday night. Okay, maybe I get to see him hit four times. Exactly. In those four times, he's going to be intentionally walked. He's going to pop out. He's maybe going to hit, a, hit a, sing, a line drive single to center. And then the next time when you up, went to the Yankee well, game okay. on Friday and you watched the judge at bat, how much time did you get to watch a judge play? What? Maybe a combined three minutes. Yeah, and and maybe a ball's hit to him in the outfield. Yeah, and he maybe. makes a nice throw. That's yeah. that's it. That's I mean, it. But so that's the thing is, it's not the NBA, but the, it's a team sport. It's a it's a team sport where you don't have control if you're a position player over the outcome of a game. And I promise you this, because Derek Jeter, for as much as we love him, was about as dull in the media as you could possibly be. He was on the commercials, but you know why he was that? Because he won a lot as a young player with the New York Yankees. If he was a Pittsburgh Pirate, it probably wouldn't have he wouldn't have had any of the same kind of cachet. But just to compare that, you know, so so that's what Manfred took to the podium during All-Star Week. Conversely, you have a team in your big in your sports biggest market basically lighting themselves on fire where they got three GMs. They don't know who's actually in charge. One minute, there's no way they're trading DeGrom. The next minute that they, they're entertaining it, but they don't know what they're going to actually ask for him or get from him. And I'll tell you right now, if I was the Yankees or any other team, I would try to bait these guys because they clearly can't make right decisions. You got the manager who doesn't know that his best player just commented saying he's going to have to miss eight to 10 months at some point. I mean, what is going on? You're going to have to say, you know, oh, good, as Drupal Cabrera is available. You know what he's going to get you? Maybe a fringe prospect at most. He's a 36-year-old second baseman. He's having a nice year. No team is going to pay up up the ass for him. So so the only actual commodities that you have as a, as a small market team, quote-unquote, because that's how they run their organization, signing bargain basement free agents that nobody else wanted to give multi-year deals to, they don't build up a farm system like the Kansas City Royals did, Tampa like the Bay. Houston Astros did. Even Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not Bay's bad. always tr- selling. They're always selling. Everybody's for sale every year. And they're year. always relevant. You know, they're not great. They're not a playoff team, but they're not bad this year. They're no pushover, and they and a lot of it is from guys that they acquired in deals from other teams. But you know, it the only chance you have to build this up is by making a move with one of these guys and. If they don't do it, they're doing the fans a disservice. If they do it, they're probably going to botch the trade and get you know a package that's far less desirable for, for that kind of player, and they're going to ruin it that way. Or maybe they do make the right moves, and the guys they get don't pan out because they constantly get hurt. It, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not. you can't make an organization's owner sell the team, but at some point, you have to step in as the commissioner and say, this is not acceptable. You did it six, you did it eight years ago with the same damn team. I mean, clearly the Wilpons are not fit to run an organization and they make all of their moves based on the pulse of their fan base. Well, if the fan base doesn't want to see Jacob DeGrom win a World Series for the Yankees, he's not going to even entertain the thought, which is ridiculous because if you're trying to build up your team, you have to take the best available. You know, Jacob DeGrom's not winning a World Series for your team. That's for damn sure. And if you get a cornerstone infielder and a couple great pitching prospects who are next in line, well, there you go. Now you just hit the reset button. You hope some of those free agents from this year have good second years next year. Cespedes actually is healthy. But the only reason they signed Cespedes, again, 
because the fan base asked for him. Alderson didn't want him. He wasn't an Alderson player. They got baited into it because he got caught fire down the second half in 15 and propelled them into a World Series. I'm getting all worked up about this because as a fan of baseball in a market where, you know, you see the Yankees make moves two years ago selling off Andrew Miller. The Yankees don't sell. I've been a fan of the team just like you have. All we've known is winning and seeing them buy. And they made the move to reset the organization. And how excited are we? We're excited about Giancarlo Stanton. Of course we are. He's the reigning NL MVP. Yankee fans are much more excited about Glaber Torres who they got in a trade. They mm-hmm. love Clint, Clint Frazier. Yep. They love Frazier. They cool. want to see Sheffield. They love Severino. They love Judge. Why? Because he's their guy. He's not a high-priced superstar that they brought in here. And, yeah, the Mets fans love them, some DeGrom and Syndergaard. But, you know what? You loved Cespedes. You knew that Cespedes was a flawed player. There's a reason why he was on three different teams in the span of two years because he's never consistently healthy and he's not a great clubhouse guy. You got baited into it because the fan base wanted you to sign him. You paid all your money into him. And now look how that worked out. Exactly like most baseball people would have told you. So as a, as a Met fan, I can't imagine what they're going through. But just as a fan of baseball and the trade deadline, you know, you got one of the most, you know, highly sought after commodities who's probably not even going to be made available. Yeah, the Mets suck. <laughs> it's what, crazy. What, what else? What else can you say? I mean, sometimes these organizations, you know, maybe the Browns turned it around. I mean, the NBA. I feel like you know maybe the Sacramento Kings or this or this kind of thing. At some point, somebody competent's gonna come around. I just don't know when it is. I mean, maybe the Wilpons will die off. Hey, listen, like you said about Dolan, right? It starts with ownership. There's a reason why those big free agents coming to the Knicks didn't want to even have meetings, and it had nothing to do with the fact that it was the New York Knicks playing at Madison Square Garden. If that was a, if that was an owner that was respected, if that was a front office that was respected, they would have gotten interviews at least. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, a few a few other things we got to talk about. Um, hand going from the San Diego Padres to the Indians. I mean, I think this is a more of a playoff move. They don't, they're kind of can, you know, sleep through their division. So I, I think that that makes uh, probably one of the top three bullpens in baseball even better. I think, I don't know, they're right up there with the Yankees. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that was a move that, that resembled a lot of the Andrew Miller acquisition two years ago. I mean, a, a, a really San good. San Diego got quite the haul for a reliever. Though. Well, they, it was amazing. It was a straight up. Uh, prospect move, yeah. um, Francisco Mejia, but he was the number five rated catcher in base in baseball, and and yep. and uh, the Indians have doubts about him whether he's a catcher or not, and he was relatively expendable in their opinion, but he's still a great prospect. Hey, maybe he works. I mean, the Indians. Yeah, well, got- maybe they could. You know, the Padres have holes pretty much everywhere except first base and you know an outfield position because they have Myers and Hosmer, so. Maybe they stick him at third. Maybe they stick him in a corner outfield spot. You know, the if you hit, you play. That's just the way it is. No, you're a hundred percent right. You're yeah, man. You're a hundred percent right. Andujar is a good comp. I, I think that that was a huge move for them because Andrew Miller's been hurt this year. Um, but you get another lefty, stud lefty, who's used to pitching multiple innings. So Francona can use him in that super reliever role again. Um, He's under team control for two more years, so you know you're getting him for a couple postseason runs. It looks like that division is going to continually be bad going forward. Um, and yeah, now and even Cody Allen, he's struggled this this year as a closer. So that's another. It, this is another guy that you can use in a couple different roles. 
Um, I think it was a great move. They pulled the they pulled the move early too, not really giving the apparently the Padres asked for Miguel Andujar straight up for Hand and the other reliever uh, whose name is escaping me, who Cleveland got, and the and Cashman was like, uh, no, yeah, he's not trading uh, Andujar unless he's he was going to get Machado. Yeah, Machado or Degrom probably. I mean, maybe Martinez. I'd really like him, but I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, another thing that that we'd have to talk about, I think, is um, the probably the last thing is the Frazier concussions. I, I'd just like to hear your opinion on it. I two concussions don't really worry about me. That's like a that's like the average, you know, season in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad to say it, it's but it's sad. true. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's scary because everybody handles them differently. Um, there, I mean, Jason Bay's career was derailed by, by concussions. Jason Bay, Justin Morneau. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Morneau, probably a better example. Cause I mean, in his prime, he was the better player. Um, so you never Jason know. Jason Bay was a very good player as well. Though. Yeah, no, yeah, he was. Um, so, you know, it, it starts with a headache or it starts with a dive into the outfield and it's not, you know, you, you come up woozy and, and it scares me for a couple of reasons. Obviously you, you feel for the kid, you know, you want him to, to be great. I feel like he's one of those weird prospects who has all the talent in the world and everybody wants in a trade, but no one actually wants to you play him full time. I mean, I think Cashman's been adamant about trying to keep him, but he's the one he's pushing in a lot of the trade talk. Now yeah. that he's concussed, you know, does that hurt him? I, I don't know. If you if you can deal with a team who knows that this year is not a point, you, you take the gamble on him and, and hope he comes back from him and, and is a good player. If you keep him, you hope he battles for left field next year. It's scary. I mean, concussions and head injuries, as we well know, obviously most documented in the NFL. Everybody responds to them differently. They start as headaches, you know, blurry. I mean, freaking Brandon Drury was playing with blurred vision for three years and never told anybody. And well, that was that wasn't from a concussion. It wasn't that concussion, was nerve but it's still, or something it, it like still that. messes with you. You know, I mean, those kind of head injuries, those nerve issues um, in the spinal cord, like central nervous system. You you never know. So. Hopefully he comes back from him. It's a short-lived time on the DL. They can monitor monitor him down in Scranton, and you hope that when he comes up to the big leagues, you know those giant stadiums with the lights and the really loud noise doesn't get to him. Yeah, I, I hope he comes back up too. I mean, if they trade him, it's it'll be tough to see you know success on another team. But I, I wish him the best, um, and I also would like to see him come up selfishly for the Yankees, just because Guardy has not been uh, not been great. Um, no. He's been Brett Gardner. He's streaky as hell. Yeah, I, I would much rather see Frazier out there every day. I, I'd like to see Gardner come off the bench and give you a 15-pitch at bat against a hand or something in the playoffs, but I'd like to see Frazier Well, the Yankees are going to have to start to do something, and, and, I, and I think we're in agreement where I just checked the score. They're down 4-1 to Tampa right now as Boston leads Baltimore. You know, surprise, surprises. I, I, I think Tampa Bay is a good team. I respect the hell out of that organization for what they've done. Tampa Bay is not a winning team. If you're going to go down to Tropicana, you got to win some games. Severino's given up four runs today. He looks He's looked a little tired his last few starts. Um I don't know. I, I they got to start winning some of these games. You know, you can't lose to the Mets even if it's once. You, you can't lose to the Rays. Um, it, it, they're gonna, they're, or else you're gonna have to make decisions based on a one game playoff. And I know that sounds ridiculous here, not even in August yet. But you have a team in Boston 
that demolishes inferior competition and they don't show any signs and I know you've said they're not going to play at this clip and I I don't believe they're going to play at an 800 clip but they're too good of a team they clearly for this duration of time have shown that they are not going to lose to teams like Baltimore to teams like Tampa Bay to teams like you know Kansas City and these are and those are teams that yeah the Yanks have played well against but they're not sweeping and they're not beating them up the way that they they should and and if Boston can get to the trade deadline eight games up you know because the Yankees and Red Sox play ten more times this year in my opinion it's really only seven because if you're anywhere less more than three games out that final weekend doesn't matter yes so you have really seven games prior to the last weekend and even then. You know, if you the worst case they could be in is t- is three games out, and you have to use your best pitchers to try to yeah. force a one game playoff, which you know maybe Sunny Gray pitches. So you you're gonna have to hope that it's one Sunny Gray. Huh? Relax, bro. Yeah, but you're gonna or Domingo <laughs> Herman. But you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to start winning some of these games, and it doesn't matter whether it comes at the at a trade that jolts them, uh, or or something. But they got to play better against these teams. Yeah, I mean. Just to be a little more positive, just to cheer you up, you know, if there's one team that's built for a one-game playoff, I'd be confident in the Yankees with that bullpen. Me you know, too. You could give the ball to Severino and say, you know, three innings will do. Yeah, me Four too. Four innings will do, but you still don't want to see it You happen. don't want to see it happen you don't if want you can your, avoid it. all that hard work to come down to one game. Well, especially when you're looking back on the season, you're going to say, oh, my God, they took, what was it, five of seven from Houston. You know, you, you took – five of seven from Cleveland. You you know, you, you had all of these Boston so far, they they're they're winning the season series. You're you're gonna look up and down and you're gonna say, Wow, against these five hundred over five hundred winning teams, they they keep winning and then you're gonna look, oh well, you know, they were only ten games over five hundred against the losing teams. Meanwhile Boston's, you know, thirty. And and it's it, this is not meant to be, you know, screaming and yelling about being scared. I mean, I think the Yankees will be fine, but you can't lose these games, and, and you're going to have to get to a point where you're winning these games. Yeah, I mean, that that pretty much says it all. Um, I guess we can wrap it up there. You look up, and you're an hour in. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll probably be around at some point next week. Just to reiterate, um, hopefully we get some articles up soon on sorrysports.com. Um social media as well instagram is sorry underscore sports twitter is sorry sports snapchat is sorry sports uh give us a follow across the board um we'll we'll be interactive and we'll try and do some fun things on there and thanks for listening